Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Night Court as we keep it going during the postseason. Grizzlies, Timberwolves, even at two games apiece. It's a best of three series with the Grizzlies having games five and seven at home. I'm Rob Fisher, Grizzlies television host, pre and post game, and also on the sidelines. Brevin Knight, former NBA player, 12-year career in the NBA, current Grizzlies television analyst as well, Stanford alum, all those good things. He's on Twitter at Brevin Knight 22. I'm on Twitter at The Fish Nation. The show is on Twitter at Night Court 22, and we thank you for joining us uh, throughout this postseason run here, and hopefully it goes for a long time. So uh, thanks for tuning in here to Night Court. BK, how are you, man? I'm doing good. Even though we got an off day, an off day back home. <clears throat> off day back home. Wish the weather was a little bit better, but yeah. you know we, we're home. We're home. That's right. And we got a series to talk about now. <laughs> we got a real series. Two two. Yep. And we had it, it's been a weird series, is what it's been. You had a one team play great in game one, one team play great in game two. Both teams played great for a half. <laughs> One was just a little better in game three. And then game four was competitive, yet on the Grizzly side, you just still feel like we haven't seen the best Grizzlies. Why haven't we seen the best Grizzlies? Because they're playing the Minnesota Timberwolves. I don't want to give them credit, man. I don't, <laughs> I don't like them. I don't want to give them credit, but sample size is getting too big. I mean, well, it's, it's, it's four games in the postseason. It was four games during the regular season. Eight games, you start to at least start to be able to start to shape something of what you get from this. And the biggest takeaway that you get is what they've been able to do is not allow the Grizzlies' best players to be their best. Uh, and somehow, some way, the Grizzlies going to have to figure out a way to loosen up the, the reins defensively against John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. The, the, the two of those, those guys are going to have to find an, an offensive rhythm. Um, but a lot of this is predicated on, on how well Minnesota defends. Is the reason why, for me, I was worried about this matchup. In the, and I kept saying it's the only team in the Western Conference playoffs that I worried about was the Wolves because they look like the Grizzlies. They are as athletic. They're long at the wing positions. Um, they have guys that can make big shots that don't mind taking big shots, uh, and so it was gonna be a, it was gonna be a battle. And, and so that's what that's what we're seeing right now. And it, they're going the Grizzlies are gonna have to play more like themselves for a longer period of time uh, in order to win, win the series. While I I think everything you say is correct. And Minnesota gets a lot of credit for the Grizzlies not looking like the Grizzlies, if not all the credit for the Grizzlies not looking like the Grizzlies. But with that being said, the Grizzlies are still playing poorly, correct? Yeah, yeah I just think they're not, they're not executing to the best of their ability. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that there's no flow to the game. Uh, and, because of and fouls? The fouls. And so they've got to figure out a way to adjust – uh, to the officiating, so that there is there can be better flow to the game, and and they got to be able to on miss and makes, get the floor get the ball up the floor. That's the best way that the Grizzlies were themselves all year. They they've never been a half court executing team 
that has to do it over and over again. They find their rhythm by playing in the open court. So they're going to have to figure out a, a way to push the tempo of the game uh, and not allow Minnesota that has enough one-on-one players that if you want to, say, go half court and just give guys the ball and have, take their chance to go one-on-one, it's a style that, that, that they, they can do. Game four, how bad was the officiating? Uh, it, it was bad because, it, it, like we said, like the, the flow, it was, it was inconsistent. Um, it was just too many fouls. It was, it was too many whistles. It would be kind of let a play go on this end. We call it this time. I don't call it this time. And, and too many times at the end of the day, the Grizzlies were on the wrong end of it. Mm-hmm. And so uh, for, for, that, for that matter, then it was, it was bad. And, you know, as a player, you, you acknowledge that. But then you sit back and say to have lost by one point and you, we still didn't do X, Y, Z. They still had chances to do other things despite what was going on with the fouls. But, but that, the, 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 the officiating, it, it definitely it, it played a hand in not allowing the Grizzlies uh, to find that rhythm at all in the game. Yeah. Um, and Taylor Jenkins fined 15 grand. I was surprised there wasn't more <laughs> than 15 yeah, that, grand. That goes to show you how, how much they're like, hey, Noah, you, you kind of right, Joe, but we got to <laughs> find you something. You know what I'm saying? You got a point with what you're saying, but yeah. it just doesn't look right if, if we just let it pass. Right. Uh, all right. I want, I want to run down some of the players, and, and I want to start with what has been a big topic on this program for the last week and a half. So you start Steven Adams in game two. He plays two and a half minutes, <coughs> gets in foul trouble. He's out. So then game three – you decide we're, we're going to make the move. We're going to go with Kyle Anderson. He gets two fouls in two minutes. He comes out. Game four, you start Xavier Tillman. He gets two fouls in two minutes. He comes out. So basically, since game two, two minutes into the game, your rotations are out of whack already. Two minutes into the game. And we've seen Minnesota jump on the Grizzlies early in these games and get big leads early. Grizzlies out of whack to start the game. We saw Steven Adams inserted into the game in game four for a couple of minutes. So, so really... Go back to Steven Adams. None of them have worked. So, yeah. Why, why, why say, not? Thank well, you. Here's, here's the thing. No, here's, why, and here's the only reason why I say go back to Steven Adams. And not even because of what happened with those other two guys in the two minutes. They played them. Like, you played them. So, to me, we, when we didn't play him, it was he was done. Until we won this series and we moved on. Because at the end of the day, what does it matter if Xavier Tillman gets three fouls in the first quarter? Right. He gets four fouls in the first quarter. You still got Kyle. You still got Brandon. And then Steven for utility, just in case. You know, so it, it really didn't matter. But because they still played him, and because how hard he played. See, I watched that little short stint that he played, he was more active in that short stint than I seen his activity in the first games that he had played, in the first game that he played. And so if that was a message to coach that, all right, I understand what you're saying, in terms of what I need to, like, I need to be able to do these things in order for me to be on the floor. 
and you didn't have success with the other two ways, then at least this allows you to be back on course for what your normal rotation would be. Because I like Brandon Clark and Tyus Jones to play together. Mm -hmm. I think that's when we get the best of Brandon Clark as you get the best of Tyus when the two of them are on the floor together and it, and it starts that way. How it breaks up after that is fine, but that's a, that tandem is one in which you like to see play together. The same way as, as we, we like, we always talked about Desmond Bain and Steven Adams. If they do play Steven Adams, I would love for him to catch the ball at the elbow, elbow extended, top of the key, like we would do, and then they run the two-man and Desmond Bain was getting backdoor cuts. If they do, if he's out there, then try to use them <clears throat> a little bit more and see what that does to this Minnesota's defense. Because why Minnesota's good is because they're able to keep their bigs on the back line, keep their smalls up. Bigs are all, or long guys are always contesting shots. Long guys are always rebounding. They're not out on the floor that allow with the driving lanes. So somehow create it where those guys have to move and vacate those areas. Uh, to make some of this around the basket scoring easy, but also just more movement to allow everyone, especially Ja and Jaron, they need more space to be able to do what they do best. Yeah, and I, I was, th- you know, it's weird. Again, it's a weird series. I, I get in a lot of requests for interviews, and I don't even want to do them anymore because when they ask what's what's going on in the series, I'm like, I, I don't know, it's weird. It, every game's been weird because early on I thought, okay, we, we were doing a poor job on the rebounds, and that's why Minnesota was beating us. But then the rebounds have been fine. But Because then I thought, well, Stephen Adams is going to get you rebounds. I mean, he's got, he's got to get you rebounds. So he can answer that. And then the other one was, well, we weren't getting assists. Well, we got 30 in the last game and didn't win. So... And he can do that, too, offensively. I think he can help the offense flow better, even more so than what you're going to get from him defensively. It, just, it feels like the offense, you said it, there's been no rhythm. And a lot of that is because of the pace of the game and the whistles that we've seen in the series. But I think it just get a flow going. This is the unit. This is the five. This is the five that we had hoped to see all year. And now we only saw them for, what, 12 games? But this is the unit that you want. And, and I say, go for it. And, and I think you'll know early with Steven. And if you have to pull him early, fine, you pull him early. And then hopefully those guys you can rotate in, the guys that you have like you did in game two. But having it the way it's been without him being in the rotation and then things get out of whack right from the beginning, it, I think that's hurt the flow offensively as well. Yeah, and it's they got to figure out the first quarters though. Yeah, and the first quarters have been bad. But the other thing that that we haven't talked about, and something that we haven't had to talk about all season, has been the turnovers, our turnovers, and their points off turnovers. Mm-hmm. See, they were number one in the category in terms of points off turnovers throughout the season. They do a great job of forcing and running, and because of they have with Patrick Beverly's defense, because of the the length that they have Vanderbilt's activity out on with his down low, that those guys allowed them to get out and run and score in transition. So that's something that, that hurt the, the last couple of games. And so um, if they can it's, – it's a lot of these things are, are correctable. Like you would – I would be nervous if we were sitting here like, well – we didn't play four of our best games, and this is where it's at. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know what else we can do. But there's so many, so many 
more things that can happen that that are norms for this team. Not extraordinary things, norms. Is there anything they're doing consistently well right now? Uh, they're still finding ways to score offensively through this all. And they still I, – I thought, I thought they had the one – the first game was a tough – was tough. The two games that they've lost, the three-point line has been the problem. Mm-hmm. Like, if you go back and you look, the two, they, 16 makes in game one, I think 18 makes in game four. Like, you, you can point to one, one area, of, and we said it was the one area that you had to have the least amount. You wanted to keep that, that discrepancy to four makes. In the other two games, they held them under 100. Held them under 100, and you tied and won the three-point battle. Mm-hmm. So, again, it goes, if you just want to point to one area, again, get back to better job of keeping the ball in front of you initially that doesn't require so much help, good communication on pick and rolls on what you're doing, and recognition of players. Like, the one thing I say is when Patrick Beverly, I, I say it on, I said it probably every 100 every broadcast. <laughs> yep. when, he, when he makes a move to the basket, it should just be a quick fake help and get if Patrick Beverly goes for thirty, number one, the people that are guarding him, you you got buckled down and play a little one on one defense and force him to at least take contested jump shots. Take a step away from him when he makes his move and engages. Now engage with him and keep yourself strong. And now just play post up basketball one on one. And make if he goes let for, him do it on If he goes for thirty, we wasn't going to damn win the game no way. But for us to continue to overreact to him and now get into rotation, you should not get into rotation with Patrick Beverly playing one-on-one basketball. This is no no disrespect to his game because he is influencing them to win games and for them to have the heart and soul they did. But offensively, if he wants to turn back to when he was in college or high school and that's what he did, then let's try to see can he do that for the entirety of a game. But don't allow Beasley... Russell, Edwards, don't allow those guys, Carl Anthony Towns, to get good rhythm perimeter shots off of his attack of the paint. Jaron Jackson's giving you a ten and six. Got to be better. They won't win. The, they, they won't win as much as they think. As much as they have, they have grandeurs of doing this mm-hmm. year, which which we think is, is, is a special year in the making. And, and just because this is 2-2 doesn't I – mean, listen, we, we knew Minnesota was going to be good. It wasn't going to be easy. So, but we still have the grandeurs of being a team that can make it to the championship. And so if they – what that's going to happen, 10-6 and six is not going to cut it. Not from a guy of his caliber. And, yes, the fouls have been bad with the efficiency. It has been bad. But some of the ticky-tack fouls that he is committing are bad. And the thing is, I've said, I say it again. The reason why we were able to win 56 games was because Jaron was available. We didn't talk about fouls and all of this. He was on the floor. And even if he's not scoring, if he's not scoring the ball, like just his presence on the floor, Mm -hmm. he pulls people away from the basket because you got to guard him out to the three-point line. You guard him out there, he can take you off the dribble. He can play in the post. On the defensive side, he's, he's getting to the point of, those big-time shot blockers like Gobert, like Mutombo, guys that even if they don't block your shot, Alonzo Mourning, just them being in the game makes you go to the basket and shoot it quicker. Makes you go to the basket and maybe make a pass when you did have a move, but you're like, oh, he might come. So, so they, they need for him 
to do a better job of the t- the the ticky tack non contact away from the ball. Though all of those plays, no fake hustle. Like don't go running into somebody. I'm going to get a going to get a rebound. Don't do that. Like his importance to this team is immense, and that's something that they all have to get across to them. The other thing is got to get them easy shots. Like I, I we have said it all year. Like if you if you want him to be good, somehow they ran a great play. Pin down is like a like a pin a pin down away. The guard then came off, didn't get it. They then rescreened down for him to pop to the top. That guard got out. He had a one on one from the free throw line. Quick action play. So now he can one dribble, spin, get to the basket. One dribble, two long step. I think somehow they got to figure out more of those that involve him and that give him easier scoring opportunities. That'll help. But first and foremost, got to be on the floor mm-hmm. to be able to do anything. Um, John Morant had pedestrian for him numbers against Minnesota in the regular season. He's got a triple-double in this series, although in the triple-double he did have seven turnovers as well. Uh, had a double-double uh, with 15 assists in a game in which, what did he score, 11? Um Triple-double in this one? Well, this past game was a double-double. The double-double, yes. Uh, with the 15 assists. Yep. Um, so the numbers are look good, but he doesn't look like Ja. Ja said after the game, I'm not Ja right now. He was asked if he's hurt, and he just kind of shushed it off and said, I'm good enough to play. Um, but I'm just not Ja right now. He's, is he not Ja right now, and why is he not Ja right now? Well, well he, we're not playing as fast as we normally do. Mm-hmm. Uh, even even on May shots, we used to get the ball out at the free throw line and we would be gone. Before you can know it, we were on the other end. The ball was bang, bang. Maybe he's getting to the rim. We're not, we're not explosive in that way. And, and again, a, a credit goes to, to Minnesota. Like, they, they've, they've mixed up very well. Patrick Beverly picking up full court sometimes, and then Anthony Edwards. You pick him up maybe three-quarters court, stay on his body, move away. Patrick Beverly, back on him again, pick him up full court, then get off, pick him up at the top of the key. They've done a great job of mixing. Coming off screens, no matter where he is, trap, and they have mobile bigs. Why I'm scared about playing them. They don't have the big that you come off the screen, oh, you can beat him. Carl Anthony Towns, Nas Reed, Jared Vanderbilt, all of these guys are mobile bigs. So when we come off screens and they blitz him or trap him, they're able to slide and stay with them. Makes it hard. I thought game four, he did a great job of advancing the ball, which was he came off, they doubled, he threw the ball to the next person to be able to make a play. It's why Bain was able to get so many good shots, because we were able to get past those two guys and we had an advantage on the other side. They're going to have to keep making those plays, but they're also going to need for him to press the issue mm-hmm. sometimes. And there's those, those times where uh, – I maybe could have made that pass, but I'm going to split and I'm going to get through this lane and I'm going to make this little float. I would like to see him get more of those mid-range in-the-paint shots, not get it all the way to the basket if they can create those. That's what I thought that was the biggest difference and big jump in his game this year. And so, But, again, you give Minnesota because all the things that we're saying, oh, yeah, you know, you just do this and get this. Well, I think they would do that if it presented itself. Minnesota's done a good job of not letting it be there on a regular basis. So uh, they're just going. They're going to. They're going to figure out ways to to 
have that same spirit, that joy, that fun. Like right now, we we are it's it's it's, it's gr- everything is we're grinding out everything because we're playing from behind. <clears throat> that's a big part of it. But even our the the the, the joy that it, that was normal is now it doesn't look as normal at this point. If you understand, and like I said, it was hard. It's hard to put into words because even when the vibe of how things were going well was. I don't know how to explain it. It just it happens as a basketball player, and right now being around them as much as we are, it's 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 like that vibe is is not is not flowing as easily as it did. And I think that's what we got to get back to just just playing instinctual again. Right now, I think we're 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 playing almost a little robotic. Mm-hmm. All right, game five at home. Uh, it's gonna be rocking. Yes, it's gonna be a lot of fun, um, but a little nerve wracking. It's it's not a must win, but <laughs> it's. I don't want to go to Minnesota down a game. I mean, you got to take care of business here at home. Yeah, and the good thing is they that's what they've been doing. Mm-hmm. Like they've done a good job, except for game one, um, which which you know game one is always hard at that at this point, but. Um, they they've been a, they've been a team that has bounced back well. They've been able to go back, assess what they need to do better, and come out and do it. Uh, so I, I, that's what I'm expecting. All all again, I sit here and say, we haven't seen the Grizzlies be their best. Is a part of it because of the Timberwolves? Yes, but is there a major part of it being them just needing to execute and be better at what they do? That's a that's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. And so. With that, I still have the same confidence that they will win the series. Always knew, though, they were going to have to play well in order to win. And if we didn't play well, then you would be in jeopardy because this is a hungry Minnesota team that they believe they are better yeah. than the Grizzlies. And that's a confidence is a... An amazing thing. Right. <laughs> it it, it, it allowed them to bounce back. How about that bounce back? For the, I, I, you pat them on the back. They just lost a game where Deflated. they were twenty six. Everybody said done. They're never going. They're not going to be able to come back. I thought, man, this might be it. If we could just jump out on them, we'll be. A, what did they do? Jumped out on us. We call a timeout again. First time out of the game again. Mm-hmm. And from there, they just bang, bang. They stayed on. That that's 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 a credit to their team, to their coaching staff. And like we said, it's not. It's a basketball series. I love it. Yeah, no doubt. And shout out to the uh, shout out to security and uh, our security guy Kevin for uh, dispatching of that protester as quickly as they did. They were hawking her. That was amazing. Man, to see the video of how dude was watching well, her. I mean, her first step, he was on her. Soon as she took the step, he was shout out, took her down. That was amazing. And the thing that got me was normally you think like, okay, pick him up, let's then then walk him off. Oh no. They, it was like arm, arm, leg, leg, go. Man, I was telling our security guy, Kevin Helms, I said, you ran down the floor and I see you grab a limb. And I don't even know what limb it was, but y'all just grabbed and ran. And he said, that's the first thing you do. You got to get it away. Get, get the, the, person, threat away. the threat away from the person. Yep. And uh, so that was, uh, that was impressive work by uh, the security. But, but this, this is... This is becoming ridiculous. I, I sit behind the basket. There, there are about four rows of fans, then there's an aisle, and then I sit behind there. And right in front of me, there are like four NBA security guys. Not, a couple of them like from the team, 
but then a couple like NBA has sent these guys in. And these guys, they don't watch a minute of the game, and they just are hawking people. And they're looking for people who don't belong where they're supposed to be or looking suspicious, and you can just see the way that they stare at people. They look at people different than I look at people. Oh, <laughs> way different. That's the reason why that dude was sitting there watching them, oh, the man. way he was watching I know, them. that was amazing. And, and why he was able to catch my, my thing is why the protesting thing doesn't make any sense because the people that don't know about the situation don't even know what the hell is going on. Right. Like, there's nothing that they have on that says what they're protesting. Yeah. It would almost do them better to stand outside of the tickets, wherever, whenever, or the front, arena, front of every arena, wherever you want, if you want to protest, whatever they're doing, and just run your video of whatever you have signs that tell us what it is. Because nobody knows. You, you just, you just, you're just disrupting the game for no reason. People just think a bunch of dummies disrupting the game just yeah. to disrupt the game. But protesting what? So it, it just, it, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And in game four, they were dressed as referees. Apparently their plan was to run on the floor, blow the whistle, and tee up Glenn Taylor and throw him out of the game. I mean, Man, how, 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 how you, do you, how do you think you're going to get all that done? So they were, and apparently in game three, uh, there what they there were people dressed as referees that they caught yes. before they were able to get to the floor. So I don't know, it's it's kind of ridiculous. But but great shout out to the security. They they took care of business. Oh, they were on. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, all right, around the I just want to go quickly around the NBA because we didn't the last couple games because uh, let these series breathe a little bit. Uh, Phoenix, they're mad at the officials uh, as well. Uh, they're well, eight- how about that stat? Did you see that stat? Yeah. Their game, our game, and the Dallas, Dallas game. game. Chances for series to go 3-1. And the free throw discrepancy was crazy. Uh, Monty wasn't happy. That series is at 2-2, but I, it, it doesn't feel as threatening as the Grizzlies-Minnesota series. Well, I, I think it's, it's just because you, you still think Phoenix is that good. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? And... <clears throat> we think the Grizzlies are that good with a bad matchup. Yeah, yes. You know, you know what I'm saying? And, and Phoenix at this point is that good down a player against a hungry team yeah. with some young guys that are st- – st- Alvarado has been absolutely – Herb. Herb has been doing a good job defensively. And so, you know, but what? why did we think that they were a true championship team? This is where you kind of show that championship character. Yeah. And, and and I think that they'll figure out ways to be able to beat what for them is a bad matchup. Yeah. You know, because you get this young upstart, want to run up and down team. The energy is there, especially when you go to their building. That's why the Grizzlies, why you say wanting to win here, the energy in that building for game four was totally different than what it was at game three. Absolutely. Um, it was great. And even when the Grizzlies made their comebacks, they didn't – it wasn't, oh, no, here it goes again. It was like – no, we're gonna keep cheering through mm-hmm. it, and and so, um, uh, I I think I think Phoenix will will figure out a way to 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 win games. Yeah, Dallas, Utah. I'm still not sure. Weird series there. Luca comes back, they lose. <laughs> well, I, my my and thing Utah's is Utah's a mess. Yeah, I, I think Dallas just has to keep putting Utah in, in situations where maybe they can. Maybe any dissension that you they think that they have can rear its ugly head. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it, it's, it's never been a void of talent 
Mm-mm. for Utah. It's just a matter if they put if they put it all together, and if there's if they can find a way to keep Gobert slash Whiteside on the floor, no matter what the matchups are with Dallas, then that that gives Utah a, a great advantage because those two will dominate both boards. Denver stayed alive, but that's over. That's, that's just, over. Yeah, that, that, I mean that's just it's like a. It's, 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 you know, like when they, uh, you know, I'm an animal guy. Mm-hmm. When, yeah. when they, so when a mother, lion, any of the cats, and they're teaching their young <laughs> how to kill, right. they, they'll, they will, they won't kill, they'll catch an animal, they won't kill it fully. They'll let the young ones kill the, to have the, to do the death grip mm-hmm. ones to trying to teach them. Right. And so that's pretty much what the nuggets are right now. They're, they're that, <laughs> They're that prey that has been bitten on the neck already, and then now they're just letting the, the, little, the little ones, ones come in chew on. Now, everybody talking about, well, they did the 3-1 series in the bubble. I was like, yeah, but they ain't played Golden State Warriors. That, no. This, this Golden. So, eventually, if it Murray. doesn't, so if it, yeah, if it just, if it doesn't work, then what happens is then the mother just. Mother come in and take just, care of business. I think, I think this game five is, is the mother Mama's coming, coming in. Mama's coming in. Take care of business. <laughs> uh... In the East, uh, Miami, they'll take care of Atlanta. Miami, I listen, I know Boston's playing well. I know Milwaukee's. That Miami, you know, it's like, just like how we, how, how, how the Grizzlies are. We just find ways to win. And you, got, you have talented people. That's mm-hmm. Miami. Yep. Uh, Boston, 3-0 on Brooklyn. Kyrie says, uh, we just haven't had enough time to gel. This. <laughs> 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 I mean, come on, I mean, you, you made the decision to not have the time to get to the jail. Come on, oh, What are you talking about? Yeah, I know. <laughs> He's funny. He's funny. But they're done, and I couldn't be happier. Boston will win that series. Uh, then you have Milwaukee. They're going to beat Chicago. Uh, Chicago had a good early fight, but uh, that's all they were going to be able to muster up. And then uh, who else we got? Oh, Philadelphia. Toronto's staying alive uh, against Philadelphia, I guess. But well, I mean, so they're, they're like they're like any other team. You hoping that injury kind of helps you in mm-hmm. some way? Is his MB thumb situation going to limit him enough to give them enough of a chance? For, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, Philadelphia's better than Toronto. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Game five Tuesday night, FedEx Forum, six thirty start. Be there on time. Cheer. Watch it on Bally Sports Southeast if you're going to be at home. And uh, go Grizz, man. We need this game. We need game five. This is big. Playoffs. Playoffs, man. Got my stomach all messed up. I'm, I'm, let's go. Like you said, we like really worried about the games now. Yeah. It's just not, well, where are we at this week? This is like, hey, we got to win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got to win. Got to win. If I got to go back to Minnesota. I want to go back up 3-2. Oh, man. Especially with those people. 3-2. No kidding. All right. Uh, That's going to do it for this edition of Night Court. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be with you again after game five, getting ready for game six, hopefully talking potential Grizz closeout here in round one. For Brevin, I'm Fish. Thanks for tuning in to Night Court. We'll talk to you again in a couple of days. Peace.